So welcome everyone. I am Tearsheets Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. Uh, joining me is Ravi Adusamili. Welcome, Ravi. Thank you, Jack. Ravi is the Executive General Manager of Americas and Senior Vice President of Partnerships at Airwallex based in San Francisco Bay Area. So as General Manager of the Americas, Ravi oversees the company's strategy and operations in the region, identifying opportunities to drive the company's rapid regional growth. As SVP of Partnerships, Ravi oversees an international team across the U.S., APAC, and EMEA, managing Airwallex's extensive global network of strategic and financial partnerships. And prior to Airwallex, Ravi was head of global partnerships at Pinterest and also held a number of executive leadership roles across several fast-growth startups and tech businesses, including Tile, Netflix, Hitachi, and Hewlett-Packard. Welcome, Ravi. Thank you for that intro. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's broad and vast. I mean, and you're also wearing two hats at Airwallex. So, so I mean, really, we're here to talk about building a borderless business from day one. Before we even get into that, uh, Airwallex is a borderless business too, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. We're 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 the number one global payments and financial operating platform for modern businesses of all sizes. When I say modern businesses, these are businesses like Brex or a Rippling, Papaya Global. Mm -hmm. to like, you know, business of all sizes. It could be a mom and pop store who have the uh, aspirations of like selling to customers globally. And we started this journey about eight years ago, being a small business ourselves and be having that intention of like serving global customers and seeing the pain firsthand. And the founders like, you know, have worked that work from that perspective to now eight years on where we're like, you know, this company with 20 offices worldwide with 1,500 people roughly. So yeah, it's been quite a journey. So that's a great story about the growth, obviously, eight years. Um, that's not necessarily typical growth for, for companies that start out going global. Let's even start a, a step back. Like, what's the right time to go global? Are, are you seeing companies that from day one, they're already thinking about um, how, do, how do we figure out sort of this matrix of local operations and centralized operations as well, financially? Yeah, I mean, at least we believe going global is the right thing to do from day one because it's, a, I mean, I don't want to use the cliche, but it's a small world. And if COVID has taught anything, is like everything has gone online, right? So in from that perspective, there's no reason to hold yourself back when you start a business on um, artificially limiting your potential to a single country or a market or a region. And we're here to like believe in that mission, provide that those customers opportunities and tools and technology so they can focus on uh, on like expanding their business and not be constrained with these regional or international boundaries. So we believe it should be something that businesses should do from day one. And that's what we're seeing in the businesses we serve and we're scaling today. And I guess the, the real challenge is, is that even though a business is global, Financially, financial markets are, are, are typically local uh, with their yes. own um, regulatory issues, their own laws, local companies. Um, I, I, I can speak to this personally because, you know, Tearsheet is, is, a, is a small business, but we started day one, um, to your point, uh, being global. Um, we've got employees and uh, operations and sponsors in different markets around the world as well as subscribers. Yeah. And Pay, whether it's payroll, whether it's invoicing, whether it's even moving money from personal, you know, uh, to, to, from business account to business account, it's complicated. Yeah. Like maybe you can um, set the stage for us of what what some of the hurdles are um, to, to 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 do to be a, an effective global business from day one. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the question. And uh, as you mentioned, you've seen this firsthand yourself. Like how how I live this? Yeah, how not simple this is. Like you know, 
Yeah, as you mentioned, like the the you know, as a small business or a large business, right? You have um, what you're selling, what customers you're serving, which stakeholders you have, suppliers you have, payroll, employees, and it gets pretty complex, right? Unless you are a very large corporation and you're going to go country to country, open bank accounts, and like spend years like getting together a financial model and and an operating system, so to speak. Right. It's like no one's got time and energy or resources to do that. So um, the way we see uh, helping these businesses is to exactly to to your comment and, and points on there's a lot of complexity on banking partnerships, on regulation, each country, even in the U.S. Right. Like, you know, let's talk about at a state level to to operate a regulated business in the U.S., you need to get 50 different money transfer licenses times the number of countries and regions, like, and then you, you get it, right? So how do, we, how do you, um, you know, maneuver through that complexity while you're a business trying to sell and reach out to your customers, right? So what we've done is over these last eight years is simplified all of that and built a modular and a modern system. So no matter if you're a small company like Airwallex, originally intended to be a coffee shop in Melbourne, wanting to like sell like premium coffee in Melbourne, or if you're a large tech company like Brex, we help them focus on what they're good at doing, which is selling their product, reaching their customers, and wrap all this complexity into either a set of API calls or a simple web application, and then leave all that complexity behind the scenes to us. You mentioned some of this, uh, Jack, like, you know, being able to do payroll, right? That is very complex, regulated taxes. There, there's so much going on there. So we help uh, a large uh, company like Rippling, for example, to do that payroll behind the scenes. We're doing the money movement so they can, they can focus on the payroll technology, right? That's one example. Another one is Brex started their journey as a corporate card, right? Now they're doing expense management and more to come. So that is the software that they're good at building while we're doing the, the hard work behind the scenes on when Brex is going to collect those, um, you know, the monthly invoices without having to like move money around. They're doing it locally in a regulated license way. When they're like reimbursing their employers, employees, it's happening locally, right? So those are some examples of how the complexity is Again, we thrive in the complexity because we make it simple for our customers and then they can focus on what they can do. So is it fair to say, Ravi, that in some cases um, you're a B2B player and in other cases you're a an embedded finance player? Uh, that's a good way to position us. Like we serve businesses of all sizes, as, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way we can serve them is uh, can be as simple as uh, Tearsheet can come online today to airwallets.com, get KYC and start using our broad set of services like within minutes, mm-hmm. right? Or if you want to build a, a product above um, on top of whatever service you're adding or embedding our capabilities to the extent you want to, then there's a set of API calls you could use to just embed payments or just embed issuing or whatever it is. But yeah, our we built a modular system, as I mentioned, Jack that you can embed to the extent you want or simply start by using our web application. And so what are, um, I'm curious, I hope you can share this with us as you've shared with us the AirWallet story. 
um, going from, you know, the aspiration of being a, a small coffee shop in Melbourne. I was there last summer. I would have liked to visit you there um, Great coffee. And, expand, and expanding into sort of, you know, a, a fintech, a major fintech, global major fintech platform. What has your own journey as a company been like expanding, you know, from the east to the west? Yeah, uh, that's a, that's an interesting journey as as, as you're pointing to. We um, we we've been expanding in multiple ways, right? Like one is starting to serve uh, the life and blood of our company. Originally started was understanding from the founders' experience of serving businesses like like themselves, and mm-hmm. how do you do this in a global scale? While our journey started in Melbourne, Australia, originally. Then it expanded to all over the world now, fast forward now in 20 different offices. And that expand and that that evolution over the last eight years was starting to serve businesses originally on money movement cross-border. Then understanding, oh, they actually need bank accounts so that they can collect, receive, hold, pay out money in different markets, like by using virtual bank accounts in each of these regions. Then we realized, oh, that we need to help them accept payments. Right, and then issue cards. So we've built a system that has scaled over time that is a, a full financial stack for businesses of all sizes. So we've evolved the product over time to be able to provide that modularity and that capabilities that is pretty broad. And also another way we've expanded is regionally, right? We started in Australia, now we're in APAC, we're in EMEA, we're in uh, North America, which I'm pretty excited about driving that here for the last year and a half. So the journey has evolved both on the product side, on the capability side, and the regional expansion side, while we still stay core to our mission, which is that, you know, we serve modern business of all sizes uh, from day one, that they should be global. Um, if you were to think about going global um, through the lens of, of Airwallex and the markets that you play in, um, how much easier do you think it's gotten um, to launch a global business from day one? Um, at least with Airwallex, it's gotten, as I mentioned, like it could be as simple as signing up as a business on our website, airwallex.com, or you as a developer can um, do this with a set of APIs. So we've seen customers go global, um, or it, it doesn't have to be uh, global as, as, as we built a modular system. Jack, you may only be wanting to serve one other country, one other region, and then build from that point on. So it could be as easy as starting in a day, you know, a few hours to be to be to be frank. To within a few days of uh, having to develop a set of uh, capabilities to embed our technology within yours. So it's gotten much easier than it ever has because all the complexity that you and I talked about a few minutes ago has been wrapped around into our product. So you don't have to worry about that. Right. But I mean, even beyond air wallets, like uh, we want, we got to do payroll, we've got to do yeah. um, whatever it is, subscription payments in different markets. Yeah. Like, I guess, um, I'm, I'm, I guess my question is more general. Like if you look across the entire spectrum of financial activities it would take to be a global business, like on, on a, on a, you know, a zero to 100 scale, yeah. like where do you think we are today? Yeah, I think we're, we're still, I would say, um, more as an industry, this is something that is still evolving. Like companies like us mm-hmm. are obviously helping fast track their journey. There are also um, our partners like who are also helping, you know, specifically address uh, uh, specific verticals within this uh, complexity of the journey. We talked about payroll companies, partners like Rippling. Um, we also work with partners like Shopify, for example, Zero, where they're they're looking at this problem for like, how do we help 
merchants sell globally? How do we collect money globally? How do we list products in different currencies globally? Or if you're targeting small businesses, how do you take care of their accounting globally? So we work, we are in partnership with those companies to collectively drive the industry towards a more simpler global journey. So while while the zero to hundred, Jack, is, is, uh, is still uh, something that is in the works, but I would say um, like even like a few years ago, um, it was probably zero to 10. Now it's in probably in the 50 to 100 phase where um, companies, the, the ones we're working with ourselves and several others are, are, are moving this. Um, more generally, when you think about cross-border payments, the three things that we think about is it's uh, the trends generally within that, um, you know, regardless of Airwallex, is, um, you know, how do we be cost-effective? How do we be more secure? How can it be more faster? So these are the three broader trends we see um, as part of overall payment space that we're helping drive by ourselves and also with our partners. So faster, more secure, and more cost-effective. Those are three. Okay. Um, Let me ask you this. Um, Given the fact that of what you're trying to do, um, and given the fact that you, Ravi, also handle partnerships, what do you look for in a partner? Like, because because there are some global issues, and and I guess in a partner you have. I assume there's a matrix as you look at this, and then there's certain specific in-country partnerships that I think are also probably likely important. How do you think about like what? what makes up a good quality partner for, for you guys? Yeah, great question, because this is partnerships are near and dear to me. As, as you intro me, this is something that I've, I've done. I, I have a lot of passion in, in spending time in partnerships because I truly believe that no company can and will do, want to do everything because you, you need to figure out like, what are you good at? And then partner with companies that can help like, you know, take, take the joint solution to customers much better. So um, we, I oversee two different types of partnerships. One is how are we um, helping our current customers get more utility, get more value out of AirWallex? Meaning, like, are they um, using bank feeds with, for example, a Zero or a NetSuite or invoicing elsewhere? Like, how do we bring that into AirWallex, or how do we bring AirWallex into them so that they have a, a more frictionless way of being able to look at everything? Those are some type of partnerships. Other partnerships are like the likes of, for example, Shopify and, um, you know, where they're they're focused on e-commerce merchants selling globally and we're helping them to provide alternate payment methods. Like we do 168 payment methods globally and um, more than 90% of our transactions uh, we do globally are, are, you know, 93% to be specific are driven by in our own network, not Swift, so much more cost effective. So how do we bring that through partnerships like Shopify? And then we have 50 plus uh, financial partnerships, which are, are, are critical existential for us to be able to, number one, operate a regulated and, and trusted and compliant um, AirWallet service in every region, every country we operate. So, and then some of these partnerships are also driven uh, from a customer acquisition perspective because we're bringing this financial services technology. These companies may be good at selling a specific thing. How do we bring these two partnerships together? So we see it as existential, but some of them are commercial in nature. Some of them are, are um, financial in nature in terms of uh, uh, bank type of partnerships. And also you, some, one thing recent, Jack, I know you're close to this, our crowd, for example, a partnership like that, is even though the 
the current macroeconomy may be a bit challenging than in the past few years, there's still a lot of investors who are looking to invest in the in the new trends and the new startups. So the partnership like that with our crowd is all those investors that are use our crowd platform and want to invest in companies, equity startups like outside of uh, the region. The underlying payment mechanism of simplifying that is all happening through AirWallet. So in that case, the partnership is uh, there are people who want to invest, and then there is a tech platform that's bringing together. The partnership there is to like how do we simplify that? So that's the broad range of how uh, I, I look at partnerships, and we continue to invest in in uh, in more of these going forward. Where was AirWallex in 2012 when we started uh, our crowd? I just remember <laughs> in the earlier days, we'd set up these SPVs, you know, to invest in some of these startups. And we had investors from all over the world from day one. It actually was a global business. And we had investors, I think, in 40, 50 different countries. Yeah. And and just it was primarily wires, you know, and it was just it was it was it was one of those problems that was like annoying it was annoying yeah. and and it, it was something like a, a not strategic thing but that took up a lot of time and a lot of energy in the business i'm curious for you ravi also how 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 doing partnerships in finance and financial services differs from like the role you had at pinterest like what are some of the nuances that that um, you yourself i guess had to get up to speed on in, in financial services yeah i think it, in in some ways it's the same in some ways it's different it's same as in um, ultimately, uh, each company brings their value proposition and their unique strengths to the table, and then you figure out like how how are you playing to each other's strengths. So in in, in that way, it, it is more or less the same. But where it's different is these partners are much are regulated banks or regulated institutions or schemes like Visa, Mastercard, so on that are also regulated in the regions. So you have to understand from that perspective how how those uh, institutions, those partners operate and how can we be helpful uh, to them and how can how are they being helpful to us? And in a lot of ways, these partners come in much more earlier in our journey. For example, um, a partnership like Shopify might come up when we have enough scale, we all can offer enough value. That is, that is like a mutual win-win. Whereas a, a financial partnership or a scheme is much more early on. For example, if we're going to go into a new market, a new country, in addition to um, getting the proper licenses, the proper uh, compliance framework in that country, we also need a financial institution partnership, depending on whether it's a scheme or a bank or both. So uh, the journey with financial partnership starts much earlier. And um, I would say even uh, a longer journey, whereas some of the other partnerships come in a little bit later. So um, so that's how I, it's, it's different. And, and I also get asked, we were talking before we went live, um, also get asked, uh, planting a question for you, so to speak. Go for it. Oh, do you compete with financial partners, uh, partners or banks? And mm -hmm. we see it more as a, um, we, we coexist, we co-op, we were basically in cooperation because we bring a technology innovation perspective and banks understand the regulation and compliance. So that is the value they provide. And we innovate together to be able to serve the customer. So I don't see it as an issue at all. Uh, so, so that actually was going to be my next question around around the relationship <laughs> oh, yeah, with, with banks. So um, I like the idea that you you it was a political answer. You said, uh, you know, it's co-opetition. Um, the relationships with banks today, is it a is it that regulatory um, aspect where um, 
the partnership basically they bring the the banking license and you, and you bring customer acquisition essentially or do you have banks reselling air wallets or embedding air wallets in their end offering to their customers i think it, it's both it is uh uh some of it uh, is some of the nature of these partnerships are existential in the sense they are providing helping provide the compliance legal or or um, uh, regulatory framework to begin with but it's also product driven innovation right like it could be how are we engaged with these banks on our financial institutions on instant payments fast payments or how do you help payroll companies for example be able to use direct debit products right like you know how do you use open banking with a partner like plaid for example so it's not just uh, uh, that's to my point earlier we start this journey earlier they may start off some of them may start off as uh, foundational partnerships but then there's innovative uh, innovation and product uh, integration experiences along the journey with pretty much all of them um so um so it, it's not just uh, we need a partner to go live in a certain country and and we're done it's mm-hmm. an ongoing journey of like how how do we build into their product stack what innovation that that financial partner that scheme is driving and how do we be part of it in some case to be honest we're also uh, helping fast track that because we're a tech company that can move much faster than right. a regulated institution like a bank. Yeah, I guess that was getting at, at the heart of my question. Like, do you see do you see banks that get it, that understand sort of the the competitive dynamics and where they're falling short and um, how partnerships can help them sort of stay relevant and, and competitive in into the future? I, I would think so because as I mentioned, we we work uh, with a, a broad set of banking partners, right? Fifty plus to be precise, like across the globe. And they're all in different sizes uh, and and uh, different maturity level themselves. But I think you know in the last five years at least there is a pretty uh, you know decent understanding of what are the financial institutions bringing to the table, what are the fintechs bringing to the table, and there is a pretty cohesive set of uh, uh, value proposition that we both uh, sets of partners can bring to customers. So. I think there, there, there isn't a lot of tension from where I sit and what I see. Mm-hmm. It's more being um, having a dialogue on this is where we're going. This is the set of capabilities we're building. This is the set of capabilities we need from the partner, and 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 like work with them. Some move faster, some move uh, slower by definition, right? If you're a large global bank, right? Like you know you, you can't move that quickly. Uh, yeah, exactly, right. So, um, where do you see? your primary competitors then? Because what, what I find interesting about yeah. Air Wallets and where, where you've placed yourself within sort of the ecosystem is is that co-opetition piece, you know, that you can work directly with and customers or you've got the API layer that can be also embedded with customers or can be embedded with partners who end up servicing the end user. So like, I guess, how where do you, where do you envision your comp- competition coming from? On the competition, Jack, um, we don't actually see a like-to-like competitor in exactly what we do. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) To to your point, right? Like we compete sometimes with the same services that are also Mm -hmm. building services on top of our platform. We serve SMEs directly as AirWallets. We serve partners Mm -hmm. who have those SMEs. We help build technology into other large tech platforms that serve the same customers. So... What we've built is this large global platform that is modular and can adapt and evolve and scale as the customer grows, as, as the business grows. And we do, I mean, I don't want to be dismissive, obviously, we do compete with several companies in 
um, different pockets, right? In mm-hmm. acquiring and issuing and, and expense management and so on individually. But the approach that we've taken uh, is the borderless slash global from day one mm-hmm. and build, building this like broad modular system. So the system can scale as you scale, right? So that perspective is pretty unique and we don't see anybody with that approach. So while we're pretty unique that way, you know, we do have competition in, in individual pockets. Right. It's, it's interesting. As you were explaining, Ravi, what you do and how you do it. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned schemes because as you were describing AirWallet's role, it's not unlike the schemes, the credit card schemes in the way that I've, I've had a few conversations with them over the past few weeks and how they talk about partnerships. Like, at the end of the day, there's a Visa or MasterCard label on the card, but you know they're not touching the, the customer directly. And, and how yeah. they think about innovation and all that stuff, they're really building ecosystems. Exactly. Yeah, right? so, yeah you're 100% right. They're building an ecosystem so companies like Airwallex can, can uh, operate on top of that because like similar to how we simplify going global, they've simplified from a scheme perspective, whatever regulation they work with, right? right? So we're operating on top of that. And we work very closely with all of the schemes, mm-hmm. Jack, like including yes. in some regions where we're allowed to, we're a principal member directly ourselves. So mm-hmm. we work like closely with them. In some regions, you need, you require an intermediary. And so we, we, we follow whatever is the local model. But yeah, we work closely with all of those schemes globally. We have time for one last question. This has been really interesting having this conversation. Um, Maybe we can look, zoom out a little bit and look out into the future. Like where, where are you headed with the platform? Where do you think um, going global will look like that, that, that tension, sort of that spectrum that we talked about? I asked you to plot us where we are like in, in history. Where do you, tell me where, where AirWallex and where the world will be in, in a couple of years, the world you envision. You're asking me to read the future. So let me try. Yeah, get your crystal ball out. Yeah, <laughs> trillion dollar question. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the question. So we, I think in some ways it's it's similar thing. Themes I've mentioned, um, uh, in addition to being more simpler, more faster, more cost effective, and also uh, take as much complexity outside of uh, just payments, right? Because it's not just payments. There's so much more mm-hmm. to think about when you go global. So I do see a lot of that becoming simpler, easier, faster, but also some of the newer trends we're seeing in terms of uh, how AI can help um, and in not just like building these services faster, but also like how can you uh, fast track, like leapfrog like this zero to hundred much quicker, which we're seeing uh, happening and which we're also investing in, whether it's like building services for developers or customer support or so on. So that's one other thing that we're excited about. And also it, it's not, um, it, it's uh, one is product driven innovation, right? Like how do you plug and play whatever you mm-hmm. want going global? But also, like, how do you really offer something that is um, covers the entire globe, right? As much as we're global, we're not stopping, right? Because we're we're expanding to different parts of LATAM and EMEA and APAC still. So that is a continuous journey, and uh, rightly so. You you asked me like, where are we on that? So while I don't have exactly, we're on point fifty of uh, zero to hundred, but I think some of the trends uh, that we're seeing with AI with faster, cheaper, more efficient infrastructure and software layer that is helping embedded finance uh, type use cases is definitely on a, on a, on a fast track. I, I would see the next time we talk, uh, Jack, like, you know, maybe I'll tell you we're in the 75th part of that at zero to 100 journey, but that's how I see it. I'm expecting you to say that Airwalks will be the first interstellar company. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Ravi, it's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us on the Tearsheet Live session. 
Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time and uh, uh, thanks. Thanks again.